When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is the Dan Grasser Show. The Giants are in a situation right now. When you look at what they have, they're really, really in a good spot. Giants have three of the top 50 picks in this draft, four in the top 100. I would not be opposed at all to just stand pat. I mean, if you have three top 50 picks, those have to be three starters, day one starters. Yet we know that the Giants have a lot of needs. You would like to really bring in a game-breaking number one wide receiver. You probably have to bring in another cornerback in that secondary. Given you don't know what's happening at quarterback. And even if Daniel Jones is ready to Rock and roll week one. Are you really a thousand percent secure that he is indeed your answer? This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Those some of the hour one musings that you might have missed here on the Dan Grasser Show, live and in living color, 98.7 ESPN, 800-919-3776. That is the Telephone number, we're rolling till noon on this Saturday. Then we're going to toss things out to the park at UBS Arena. Our pal Anita Marks is going to do a program from out there, leading you right up into, well, Islanders hockey and Rangers hockey. Here, the Rangers here on 98.7. Islander game will be heard on 10.50. And, of course, we got the Nick game a little bit later on tonight as well. Knicks and the Celtics from MSG. Coverage begins at 8 p.m. right here on 98.7. ESPN, but it's also baseball season, which is great, right? Baseball's great, even though I like I'm one of those guys when it comes to spring training, you kind of take it or leave it. Like it's going to be exciting to watch actual baseball, but I really only could stick with it for a couple of innings, and it's like, all right, I'm good. Wake me on opening day, like when it counts for real. Like the Dodgers and the Padres played a game the other day, and it was on ESPN. It was like the first spring game, and I, I watched like the first two innings, and it was eight nothing Dodgers. I'm like, okay, I'm good. I'm good. And I love baseball. I do. But you get Mets on TV. Today they take on St. Louis. Yanks are playing the Tigers, not televised. Their first game on Yes is going to be tomorrow afternoon. But baseball is in the air. And certainly when you look at these two teams for the upcoming season, the expectations are certainly higher for the Yankees. I, I, I think they clearly have that World Series or bust label attached to them yet again. And trying to rebound after what was a disastrous season in Yankee terms, Back in 2023. Mets, on the other hand, look, it's no secret. We talked about it all winter. You could make a good case that the Mets decided, and there's a lot of people that feel this way, that the Mets decided to sit this one out for 2024, right? That they took a knee on the season. And you got a little bit of hints of that last year when they tore down the club at the trade deadline, which, by the way, was the right thing to do. That was smart business. Restock the farm system a little bit. Have no exceptions at all for what they did. But you even heard a guy like Max Scherzer last offseason, or last trade deadline, when he said, you know, the conversations he had with the hierarchy, that they basically were not going to go all in on 2024 and reload to make a run at 2025. And I think that's the way they kind of handled their business model this offseason, which, look, I, I really have no problems with. But what that leaves you is maybe not so much depth if you are going to lose one of your key guys. And when it comes to the Mets starting rotation, when healthy, coming into spring training, everything had to go right for them to even put a rotation out there that you kind of felt even somewhat good about. 
And you had Kodai Senga at the top of that rotation. And Kodai Senga, look, he was sensational last year. His first exposure to Major League Baseball here in the United States. And he kind of had a little bit of a rocky start there. First, you know, five, six starts, if you will. But then really rounded into form and became somebody that you felt good about. A good building block piece for you moving forward. A guy that was going to be, you know, at or near the top of your rotation. But he was going to be your number one this year. He was going to be your ace, your opening day starter. Now he's not. Because with the Mets, you know what it is. If it can go wrong, it will go wrong. That is the Mets. That's what it means to be a Mets fan for years and years and years and years. If it can go wrong, it will. Expect the worst. Hope for the best. So Senga throws a bullpen. And Dave and I were doing the show. I can't remember what day of the week it was. Maybe it was Wednesday. We found out 15 minutes after we got off the air that Carlos Mendoza or whatever says that, oh, you know, Kodai Senga reported some arm fatigue. He's going to be sent for some tests. Wonderful. Wonderful. So fast forward 24 hours. They get the imaging. They get the results. And here's David Stearns, the man in charge of the Mets baseball operations, telling the world about Kodai Senga. Senga has a moderate right posterior capsule strain, so that's in the in the back of his right shoulder. He was having trouble recovering from his side sessions. The way he expressed it was, was really shoulder fatigue, and when it happened a second time, we decided to get an MRI yesterday afternoon. Doctor read the MRI this morning, examined Kodai, and we have this moderate strain in, in the back of his right shoulder. What this means right now, we're going to shut him down until these symptoms subside and strength returns to his normal levels. Once that happens, we can begin to ramp him up and then go through his, his normal spring training progression. We don't expect him to be ready for opening day. So at this point, we would expect him to begin the season on the IL. How long exactly? I can't tell you right now. We'll get more information on sort of next step treatment options and length of shutdown. And I'm happy to share that with you guys when we have it. What it means also, as you heard David say, is that you're probably looking at Jose Quintana as your opening day starter at City Field. Get your tickets now. Mets and Brewers, March 28th. It's probably going to be about, you know, 39 degrees, gray, cold, windy, and Jose Quintana. There you go. Here we go. Let's go. Meet the Mets. Greet the Mets. Step right up and meet the Mets. That's all you got. Now, look, I'm one of those people, actually, that I'm looking at the Mets for the upcoming season glass half full. Because I'm realistic about things. Like, I know that they're not winning a World Series this year. I know that they're not going to win the National League East. And I'm okay with that. Right? I mean, it's already been almost 40 years since they won a World Series. So what's another year? What's another log on the fire? Who cares? You know, they don't win the division all that often either. Ah, so what? What's another year? Because you know what? They tried like hell to do it last year when they had the richest payroll in the history of baseball, and that was probably one of the most unenjoyable seasons that you're ever going to experience if you're a Mets fan. So why do you want to run that back again? That's why I had no problem with the way that they handled their business. Tear it down, build up the farm system. You still got some good players. Let's not forget about that. You still have good players on this team, even guys that make a lot of money. But keeping the conversation of starting pitching right now, what it means for Senga, look, in a perfect world, when, this, when the Mets are ready to contend again, and that could be as soon as 2025, who knows? But that type of team, playoff caliber, championship caliber, Kodai Senga's not your number one anyways. 
he's a number two, maybe even in, in, in a better situation than number three, because that means you got two pitchers even better than him. But he's starting to go over to dropping the medical terms there with the capsule. See, the capsule was also something that played into Johan Santana's demise once upon a time. Remember that? That was the shoulder injury that took him down. Except the difference between Santana's and Senga's is Santana's issue was at the back of the shoulder. And you heard David Stern say this one is at the front. Or excuse me, Santana's was at the front. Senga's was in the back. The Santana one was a lot more severe than what Senga's dealing with. So you hope. So they shut him down. Not going to lift his arm, not do any throwing. And hopefully it doesn't get any worse. And everybody sits there when it comes to pitchers. It's like, okay, how does this happen? How did he get hurt? Right? Nobody saw this coming. Why didn't he report any of this during the offseason? You mean to tell me that every time he picked up a baseball, whether it was in you know December or January, he never felt anything? Well, there were some things that were new for Kodai Senga last year. Coming over to the United States, right? Pitching mostly on extra rest, which is the way they do things in Japan. Like, they don't pitch once every five days in Japan. In Japan, they pitch once a week. So he had to acclimate himself to that, even though the Mets tried to give him as much extra rest as possible. It's a new baseball that they use over here compared to over in Japan. The workload, which was only 160 innings last year, like normally from a starting pitcher, like you'd love to see a guy maybe throw 200 innings. But it's a different world right now when it comes to pitchers and how you handle these guys. But he only threw 160 innings, which is still not all that great, especially for a guy that you're wanting to be your ace. How do you bounce back from that? The situation with the Yankees, I talk about it all the time. Nestor Cortez, career-high workload in 2022, couldn't answer the call in 2023. That's why I'm keeping an extra eye on Clark Schmidt this upcoming season for the Yankees, who gave you the most pitches and the most innings he's ever thrown in the big leagues last season. Guys don't always answer the bell after that when it comes to pitchers. He was also, talking about Senga, incorporating a slider which that can also have a little bit of a tricky part on your arm. Maybe a little bit more usually tailored to the elbow, but you never know. Everybody responds differently. They're like cars, right? These pitchers and their arms and their bodies, they're like cars. Sometimes they're going to go faster than others. You just have no idea. But in a situation like the Mets, you don't exactly have frontline guys in your starting rotation. Like you look at that rotation right now. Okay, you got Luis Severino, question mark. Right? You got Jose Quintana, who missed the majority of the season last year. Sean Manaya, a guy who was in the Giants rotation last year, pitched so bad, was demoted to the bullpen. But then somehow, someway, found this pitch called the sweeper, and then the results started to uptick, and the Mets gave him a two-year deal. Adrian Hauser, who he traded for that he knew from the Milwaukee Brewers. Okay, but he's a journeyman. And now you stick Tyler McGill in there. Okay, great. Great. Nobody scares you in this rotation. Nobody does. So how can the Mets have themselves a good season? Where are the positives? You know, what is the, what is the glimmer of hope for the Mets? Well, the glimmer of hope is, is that if these guys stay healthy and produce in the lineup, I don't think the lineup is actually all that bad. Right? You have an ascending catching talent in Francisco Alvarez. Pete Alonso is an all-star. Is one of the best power hitters of the game in first base. Jeff McNeil is only a year removed from a batting title. Francisco Lindor, one of the better players, as we know, in baseball at his position. Starling Marte, a year removed from being an all-star. 
and being a really, really good player for this team. Nimmo's a good player at the top of that lineup. Now he moves over to left field. Harrison Bader, if he could ever stay on the field, you know that the defense now in center field. Defensively, the Mets outfield should be pretty, pretty good. And oh, by the way, which I think something that people are sleeping on, you're getting Edwin Diaz back, who might be the best closer in all the baseball that you didn't have last year. So it's not exactly we're talking about the Kansas City Royals here or a team that has no hope for the upcoming season. The Diamondbacks last year won 83 games, made it to the playoffs, and made it all the way to the World Series. I'm not saying the Mets are going to have the same type of carpet ride, but all you have to do now in baseball is just be a 500 team going into September, and you're going to have meaningful games. And it further illustrates just how much of a spectacular fail last season was for the Mets. With all that talent and with all that payroll, they were essentially out of it already by June because that's how just awful they were. And then they had to blow the thing up. So as long as they could tread water, be 500, and who knows? Get to the trade deadline still in decent shape. Maybe the organization goes out there and makes a big-time acquisition, one that they hope is going to be able to stick around past this upcoming season that can buoy their chances of maybe making a run. So hope is not lost for this team for the upcoming season. I'm not sitting here telling you that you should just completely zone out and then worry about 2025. You could still have yourself a fun baseball season if you're a Mets fan. But I think your depth is now certainly something that is called into question. And it's one of those, if everything goes right type of propositions for this team to compete. You got a new man in charge here in David Stearns. He is somebody who is very, very, very much a proponent to the data and the analytics And that is how he's going to go out there and build a baseball team. Give him a chance. Right? Give him a chance. Say what you want. The Milwaukee Brewers all those years when he was in charge out there on a shoestring budget, at least compared to what Steve Cohen would spend, on a shoestring budget, he still found a way to put a winning product on the field more often than not. You know, the Milwaukee Brewers, they made the playoffs five times in the last six years. When in the history of the Mets, and we're talking 60-plus years of existence, have the Mets ever made the playoffs five times in a six-year span? The answer is never. Never, ever, ever. So you didn't go out there and make all the blockbuster signings, but give them a chance. And I know the next thing is, is, well, you still got a couple of starting pitchers out there. You got Jordan Montgomery. You got Blake Snell. Why don't you go out there and sign one of these guys now if Senga's going to be down for the count a little bit? Well, If they're willing to take a one-year deal, I think that the Mets would certainly play ball. But I don't think that their market is going to change because, after all, it's only February the 24th. Scott Boris is telling his clients, guys, you waited it out this long. We're only a week or so into spring training. You mean to tell me that there's not going to be other teams in baseball with other pitchers that suffer injuries? that are going to have maybe a little bit more desperation and maybe their incentive goes up to spend tons more money and to meet them and the price that they're trying to hit as far as getting themselves a multi-year contract, maybe more urgency even than the Mets would have. That part about it stinks because you want to see these good players come off the board early to at least keep the sport in conversation in the offseason as opposed to just waiting like 
once the season already starts and these guys are still out there, top free agents, that part stinks. And that's something that baseball has to rectify. I don't know how they do it. Make your move and rise up to Mazda from Bay Ridge Mazda with over 200 new Mazdas to choose from and 0% APR financing available. Now is the perfect time to discover the power, performance, and pleasure that comes from driving a Mazda. Move up today before their exceptional February offers expire. Online buying and at-home test drives available at BayRidgeMazda.com. Bay Ridge Mazda at 9000 4th Avenue in Brooklyn. On approved credit, see dealer for details ends 2 24 Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Harvey's dealing with some Tumblr issues, just found out, so we got we to gotta keep him on the straight and narrow the rest of the way. He's got some leakage going on. You know, you're going to be all right, Harv? Well, let's just let's be clear. Uh, the, the the leakage from the Tumblr, not from me. Okay, I'm doing I'm doing fine on my. Well, Harvey, here. you just ruined a good story. I think that they maybe maybe people's interests were peaked a little bit now. Well, I hope no? not anymore. Yeah, not at my expense. <laughs> so was this was this a was this a coffee leakage situation? Yes, I for some reason apparently there's different types of tumblers, which which really annoys me. Yeah, there's this is one tumbler where there's like a lid and there's like an overlid to secure everything. Mm-hmm. And then there's another one that I had that's just a lid, and as soon as you, like, move it sideways, it just starts leaking. No, you can't have that. can't have that. That's faulty craftsmanship. That's now, what that is. Now I got to put my book bag in the laundromat because it's going to smell like coffee. Oh. Not so to mention- walking out, yeah, with, 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 like, a backpack full of coffee beans or something. You can't have that. Not to mention I'm having the, the, the arguably the hardest coffee crumb cake I've ever had in my life. Well, because, I mean, they probably made it yesterday. That's why. Depending, and I'm not even going to tell you where you bought it from, but I mean that's your first mistake right there. The fact that I'm not bleeding off, off of broken right. teeth—it's a miracle. Yeah. Trip to the dentist after you're eating that coffee cake, which is from you know three days ago, probably. That's that that that's mistake number one. But how excited are you that you got yourself some soccer to watch this weekend? Oh, the MLS time. is back. MLS how about is that? Back about time. Oh baby, oh. Red Bulls tomorrow. Cannot wait. That's not a home game though, right? No, they are. They're on the road for the first two. They they play Nash. They play in Nashville and then they go to Houston the week after. And when's the home? The, so the home opener is March what? March 9th. March 9th. Against is Dallas. That a, is, is against Dallas. Is that a giveaway of any kind? Are they giving anything out? No. Why? It's the first game. What are they going to give out the first game of the home? Uh, well, other than just like. How about like a beanie or something? It is still winter for crying out loud. You know, I still never got that beanie from last year. Well, how about you get this year's? 
Who does not for nothing? Who does marketing for the Red Bulls? Who uh, runs the marketing department? I mean, do they need me to give them a little bit of insight as to how maybe you should promote your team a little bit? The name's on my tongue, but regardless. Well, you don't have to name the name. We don't want to disparage them, but I'm just saying collectively as an organization, it's the home opener. Home opener, give something out. Every team known to man, first game, he gets something, whether it's even like a towel or this. I mean, but they're asking you to come and sit at a soccer game outdoors in winter. Give them something that's worth their while. I'm sure I'll get my season, uh, my season, my seasonal scarf. Yeah, you're so, oh, okay. Same there. thing. Whatever you can wrap that around your neck, wrap it around your head. Whatever you got to do, something. Just a little bit of token of appreciation. Hey, thanks for coming to our games. We appreciate you. That's all. Have you seen the new items they're gonna have on this menu here? No. Oh, I've, I've the, that chicken sandwich is obnoxious. <laughs> the Nashville hot chicken sandwich. Yeah, what is that? They got buffalo chicken egg rolls, beef gyro. You're a gyro guy, aren't you? I like a nice gyro every so often, yeah. Nothing wrong with that. It's good stuff. Yeah, but some of that stuff is just too uh, uh, obnoxious, though, when it comes to all the things that are packed into it. Like, I always say, like, when I go to a game, I'm there to watch the game, right? Or else otherwise, why are you going to the game? If I'm going to watch the game, I don't need all of these just like insatiable like food items that are going to create a mess and they're going to be, you know, messing up my clothes and I got to eat it on my lap. Like, I, I don't that's that that's too much for me. Yeah, because they they care about your health. Yeah, yep. they do. Absolutely. No, I, actually, I don't think they do care because they wouldn't put those on the menu because they're not good for you. Now, are you going to have to do the same thing again with your cup, like bring the cup to every game to get the free soda refills? No, my old cup doesn't work uh, th for this season. They have a new cup, which is uh, a bit more pricey than in previous editions. But. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. If you're a season ticket holder like you are, they should give you the free cup, and then you could bring it to every game to get your you know, sugary soda refills. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. I cannot exactly. wait. Exactly. I know, I know. I'm happy for you because I know how much you like it. All right, let's get back to the phones here. Talking a little Mets baseball, and specifically the future of one Pete Alonso. Steven, New Jersey's got some thoughts. He's up next here on 98.7. Steven, good morning. How are you? Hey, Dan. Great job filling in this week uh, for Rick, by the way. Yeah, we had fun. We had a lot of fun. So I enjoyed your shows. I enjoy your show on Saturday. Your mm -hmm. Mets take to me is wild and it wow. feels like it's very much through like Steve Cohen is sending you checks type of a lens. Well, Steve, um, I'll tell you to be, to be honest, I've never met the man. I've never spoken to the man, but t tell me. So, so basically what I'm reading here is that you think they're going to be God awful this year. Tell me why. I actually don't think they will be God awful, but there, there's, there's two things that feel odd to me about your your prediction one is i don't i don't know that i need to be sold that pete alonzo and the offense is uh is going to be the savior of our season and that we have a great offensive team while at the same time i know you can't wait to ship him out at the trade deadline so that that feels a little bit off not the deadline fan, i just can't get excited about an offense led by pete alonzo that i think some mets fans and probably our ownership who has more money than God can't wait to get rid of him because they don't want to pay him. Which brings me to my other sort of side point, which is Steve Cohen, all the excitement came in as the hero of New York because he could, you know, pay our players. And mm -hmm. now at the first, at the first chance, the only player in my lifetime, maybe other than David Wright, but I actually think Pete Alonso might be 
certainly more exciting offensively than David Wright. We can't, we can't, we can't scrounge together the nickels with the richest man in baseball who came in saying he was going to be the savior basically with his giant wallet. We're back to the will ponds of we can't pay you. So see you later. That, that doesn't feel great as a Mets fan. And, uh, but, but Steve, Steve, let me ask you a question. Realistic. Be realistic with me. Do you think this team has the possibility to be 500 this year? I do. I, okay, I, I okay. came right out and said I don't think that they're going to be god awful. I think right. they'll be middling. But that's all. That's all, I'm, Steve. That's all I'm saying. And, and I'll repeat it again. Last year, not one but two teams in the National League made the playoffs with 84 wins. 84 wins is barely over 500. So you mean to tell me the Mets can't at least keep things interesting, at least into the middle part of September, with the way this team is, if everybody performs like they have in their careers? Yeah, so we'll keep things interesting until the trade deadline when we trade Pete Alonso and then we flush the remainder of no, see, see, Steve, August and I, September down the toilet, and that's Steve, the end of it. I, mean, that, I, I got to disagree with you there, and, and, and I thank you for the phone call. And look, what Steve is referring to there with me, because I've gone on record in saying, like, I don't think it's going to be the end of the – like, I'm not saying the Mets have to fold the franchise if Pete Alonso is not on this team next year, Right. To me, Jacob DeGrom was somebody that, as far as, like, importance to the Mets, that guy, that was way, way, way more a prospect of thinking of him not being on your team, to me, more significant than losing somebody like Pete Alonso. Remember, Jacob DeGrom was the best pitcher in baseball. He was the best at his craft when healthy, right? Guy was dominant. I know it's a pitcher versus an everyday player. I get it. What I'm saying about Pete Alonso is I don't think they're going to trade him at the dead. The only way they trade Pete Alonso at the deadline is if he's having a good season and the Mets are dreadful come July. That's the only way he's getting traded. Because otherwise, like if the Mets are in this thing, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of hanging around 500. They're in the wild card race. He's having a good year. I think they keep him. I think they keep him and try to ride this thing out to the end of the year because, look, I think Alonzo probably might have a similar situation as to the way the Yankees and Aaron Judge thing played out a couple of seasons back. Judge turned down that last-minute extension before the season started, remember. Cashman went public and told the whole world what they offered Judge, but they kept him on the team. Now, Judge went out there and had a record-setting season, which also, you know, they weren't going to trade him because of it, but... Yankees risked losing him possibly for nothing, right? Possibly for nothing. And that might be the same situation with the Mets. But as Steve said, and everybody knows, Steve Cohen's got money. And as long as they can hammer out a contract, which is going to be good for both sides, he'll be back as a Met. He wants to be here as a Met. It's not that they don't like Pete Alonso, but the years, I think, is going to get in the way more than the dollars. Because if Pete Alonso thinks he's getting a 10-year contract or, you know, from either the Mets or somebody, that's, I, I don't think that's happening. This day and age, you look around baseball, first basemen are not getting nine 10-year contracts. It's not happening anymore in 2024. And you have a guy in David Stearns who is running your baseball operations who subscribes very, 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 I, I can't stress it enough, very heavily to the data. And the way the game is now being played and the way that rosters are being built. And he's going to tell Steve Cohen, hey, Steve, we all love Pete. Pete's great. Pete hits home runs. Pete's a cog in the middle of our lineup and all those things. But it's not wise to give him a 9-10 year deal. 
I strongly am against that. And Steve Cohen's going to take David Stern's recommendations and act on there. That's why That's why Cohen's paying David Stern's, what is it, like $8, $9 million a year to run baseball ops? He trusts him. He tried for how many years to get David Stern's over here? Finally got him. It was like he was his white whale. We'll talk more about this Alonzo thing when we come back because we've got to get a break in. Plus your phone calls, 800-919-3776. I get the feeling that the Met fan is kind of split a little bit, not just on Pete Alonzo, keep him, not keep him, but also the upcoming season, whether they're going to be good, whether they're going to be bad, whether to be optimistic, whether to have gloom and doom. We'll keep this conversation going. Grass the show till noon on 98.7 ESPN. Let's be clear. The, the, the leakage from the tumbler, not from me. Okay. <laughs> this podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. And I throw out this disclaimer, too, before we get back to the phone calls with the Mets. Next offseason, the free agent class is stacked. And that's the thing that I keep falling back on is, to, okay, why didn't Steve Cohen spend money? Why didn't he go all in? Well, because, look, they tried to get Yamamoto. They offered him over $300 million. Steve Cohen got on a plane, flew all the way to Japan. He sat in the middle seat, like in the back of the plane, flew to Japan, had dinner with Yamamoto, brought David Stern. So they were, like, serious in their pursuit. It's not like they waved the white flag on everybody. And if they would have got Yamamoto, then we would be sitting here singing a different tune. But they didn't. And I think responsibly, they didn't throw foolish money out there to somebody else just because they had the money burning a hole in their wallet. That's not the wise way to build baseball teams. Maybe that's what the Mets in the past would have done or other teams would have done. But sometimes you have to walk away and sometimes you have to say, say no. Look, I know Blake Snell's got two Cy Young awards, but he has never been my cup of tea as a pitcher. Never. Guy essentially only pitches five innings a night. He walks the ballpark. And outside of the two seasons he won Cy Young Awards, he ain't even close to an elite pitcher. Not even close. So is it wise just because Scott Boris says, hey, you should pay this guy hundreds of millions of dollars, so you should meet that price? Hell no. Jordan Montgomery. I thought Jordan Montgomery would have been a nice alternative for the Mets as like a middle-of-the-rotation type guy. But Jordan Montgomery, because he's now part of a team that won a World Series and he got Scott Boris pumping him up, he wants to get paid like an ace. You can't pay somebody like Jordan Montgomery like he's an ace pitcher because he's not. He wasn't the guy that Texas Rangers gave the baseball to last year and said, hey, man, you're our guy. Help us win a World Series. No, that's why they went out and traded for Max Scherzer, for crying out loud, because they needed all the help they could get and traded for Jordan Montgomery. 
but he's not an ace. So, look, if these pitchers want to make some concessions and sign for a one-year deal, I am all for it. Because next offseason, you've got upwards of five guys on the free agent pitching market who are better and who I would rather have than Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery. Corbin Burns, Zach Wheeler, Max Freed, Walker Bueller, Shane Bieber. Give me any of those guys over these two. And look, you're going to have to pay an arm and a leg then. But if I told you as a Met fan that next year, and, and, and look, that's why the Mets, all these pitchers they sign, whether it's Severino, one-year deal. Adrian Hauser, you're not tied up for him for a long time in the trade that they made for Milwaukee. Uh, they gave Sean Manaya a two-year deal. Okay. Other than that, you're not tied and promised to anybody else to next year. So if the Mets go out there next offseason and they sign two of those starting pitchers that I just ran off for you that are available to multi-year deals, don't you think that's a better alternative than foolishly spending on Montgomery or Snell? And that could happen. And oh, by the way, who says that the Mets aren't going to be in on the Juan Soto sweepstakes? He'll be a free agent too. So if I said Steve Cohen is lying back, not doing anything, and you end up with, let's say, Juan Soto and two of those free agent all-star slash former Cy Young winner uh, uh, starting pitchers, that to me is a hell of a score. You can't just throw money around even if you are the richest owner. You still got to play by the rules. You've got the luxury tax and all these other things. But it still doesn't also mean that the Mets can't have a fun season, even though it's not going to end with a championship. Let's say hi to Tony in the car. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Tony, how are you? What's going on, Dan? So a couple of things. Yeah. Uh, with, Pete, with Pete Alonso, all right? Uh, baseball and sports in general is an entertainment business, right? Entertainment business. And to me, Pete Alonso has single-handedly put the Heinz in the seats. People come to see Pete Alonso. They, they come to see the polar bear. Do right? they? So my, th- my thing is, if that's the case, find, find a middle ground, but pay him. All right? Because once again, Pete Alonso has done, he's been a model citizen, and I'm not even a Met fan, but he's been a model citizen, and he has basically carried the Mets to even halfway decency. That's my first point. Second of all, I wanted to talk a little bit of Knicks here. I'm so excited for tonight. And I, I want your thoughts on when the Knicks get all the way healthy, who do you think suffers as what far as mean? playing time is concerned? Uh, who, who, because Prince, uh, Precious has been playing out of his mind to right. be a throw-in. Uh, Banyanovic has been playing, right? So now it's to a point where if you got a starting lineup of Randall, OG, uh, and, and let's say if Mitch comes back, mm-hmm. And you got Ran- and then you got Brunson, Brunson and, and you got Divincenzo. Yeah, right. So now your bench is Josh uh, Josh Hart, who's been playing crazy. He's not playing out of his mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got. Uh, I mean, does Deuce have to take a seat? Because once again, you got uh, Burks, you got Hardenstein, you got uh, Bonjanovic. Yeah. So so you got a full deck, and I mean, it's a great problem to have. But who do we sit? Tony, good questions, and and I thank you for the phone call. The Knicks one, I think a lot of it depends on Mitch. If Mitch is back, 
then obviously Hartenstein is going to be getting those backup minutes at the five primarily. But I want to also see how the, this thing, I'm not pressing the panic button yet, but this thing with Hartenstein concerns me a little bit. Right, he missed some time with the sore Achilles. They're trying to build him back up again. Only played 11 minutes the other night. They said it was all because of how the game went. And we'll see what he gets tonight. But is this something that's going to need watching the rest of the way? I, I, I don't know. Because remember, when Mitch got hurt, Hartenstein was sitting there playing 35, 40 minutes a night. And maybe that contributed to the wear and tear. So if all systems check out there, then maybe Precious is going to have to be docked a few minutes. Hart's going to play. Um... Bogey is going to play because he could score. It might be Deuce, who's a casualty, because remember, they brought in Alec Burks for a reason. But it's a good problem to have. And let's get there first. And back to what Steve said about, or Tony said about Alonzo. Does Pete Alonzo put butts in the seats? Like, I made that point the other day. Like, I, I don't know that to be true. I really don't. I'm not sitting here saying that he's not popular. And yeah, he's a good dude. Look, the... Aside from hitting the ball out of the ballpark, the other thing that I think Alonzo has going in his favor and that Scott Boris is certainly going to have like page one of that binder that he puts together for all of his clients each year at free agency is that Pete Alonzo is durable and he plays and he answers the call. So you're not talking about an injury-prone play. This isn't Giancarlo Stanton who's bound to get hurt. This guy plays. Best ability is availability. He's got that going for him. But I don't know, like, for instance, when the Mets are on the road, and they're in Milwaukee or San Francisco. Do visiting fans see the Mets show up into town and they'd be like, oh, shoot, hey, we got to go buy, we got to go see them. Pete Alonso's in town. We got to go watch him get his four at bats and maybe he hits one out of the ballpark. Like, I don't know if he's that guy. I really and truly don't. Maybe that's just me and I'm jaded to a certain degree because really, I don't know how many of those guys there are. Otani's one of those guys. Trout, when healthy, is one of those guys. I think Judge is one of those guys. And then you have the occasional pitcher. Like, I thought, like, DeGrom, to me, was must-see TV. That was box office. If the Mets were in town someplace else and you knew that DeGrom was pitching that series, you had to make sure you were in the ballpark because you never know what you might see. You know, when, the, when DeGrom pitched at home, you had to be there that night because it was DeGrom night. But I don't know if that's the case with Pete Alonso. I really and truly don't. And not that that's going to factor in to what the Mets decide to do. At the end of the day, it's going to come down to money. If they can work out a deal in the six to seven year range, you know, because he's going to be 29 years old, I think that's more than, maybe they even go no more than eight. I think the Mets would entertain that. At realistic dollar figures, then you might get something done. But again, look around baseball, and, and don't think for a second David Stearns doesn't know this. Some of the best first basemen in the sport, guys who have won MVPs, have not gotten those blockbuster contracts that apparently Pete Alonso's in the market for. Freddie Freeman got a six-year deal from the Dodgers, $162 million. He didn't get $200 million. He was only 32 years old, but still, productive as all hell, coming off of an MVP, franchise icon with the Atlanta Braves. Matt Olson just signed with the Braves. Eight-year deal, $168 million. Didn't get 200. Paul Goldschmidt, an MVP player, five for 130 with the Cardinals. He might have to be somebody that actually breaks the bank and starts a new trend if he gets the contract that he so thinks he should get. But I'll throw this one out there, too, for the Met fan. 
If I told you that you're going to get a couple of these pitchers, the big-time free agent starters for next year, which I think is, to me, that's the priority. That's the way to go. You win with pitching. And if I told you you could only have one blockbuster contract from an everyday player standpoint, would you rather have Pete Alonso or would you rather have Juan Soto? Soto, Alonso. Alonso, Soto. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the Dan Grasa Show on 98.7 ESPN. So I, I threw it out there. If you could have either Juan Soto or Pete Alonso starting next year, if you're the New York Mets, which way would you go? I think it's a no-brainer you take Juan Soto. Now, he's a better player. He's a better player. Um, he's younger. It's probably going to – not probably. He'll definitely cost you more money on the open market as well, which might have to factor into things. But I, I, I don't think it's the same. Now, I know that there are some fans – and I can – look, I can appreciate this. I really and truly do. That there's some fans that get so hung up on the fact that a homegrown player versus somebody that you bring in from another organization, and it means more. You want to keep your guys at home, and especially the Mets. Like, when was the last time, you know, David Wright – him being the except, you know, David Wright, Jose Reyes, guys like that, that were homegrown Mets that actually came up into the big leagues, made the, had their best years as Mets, made all-star teams, made a name for themselves. It's kind of few and far between in Metland in the history of the franchise. Like, I, I, I totally get I guess, you know, you could say Brandon Nimmo's one of those guys, but Brandon Nimmo hasn't been an all-star, right? I mean, you know, really ascended to the heights. And Alonzo has. And you'd hate to see him walk out the door, but... It's not a case of the Mets not liking him or thinking he's a bad player. But if he's going to price himself out and there's going to be another team out there that's willing to spend above and beyond and maybe their roster is constructed differently than the Mets are, that's where he's going to get the money from. And the Mets might have to make a tough decision and you know, kind of give like a hard no and, and move on. You know, Thanks for the memories and best of luck. But it's a good situation and a good prompt to have for the Mets for this season because guess what? Pete does want to get paid, whether that's by the Mets or somebody else, guess what he's going to have to do? He's going to have to go out there and put up big numbers this year, which I think he can, and I'm expecting him to do. Stephen, New Jersey is up next here on 98.7. Stephen, good morning. How are you? Hello, Steve. Steve going once. No, we got to move on from Steve. Steve's not there. Come on, Steve. Steve, you're better than that. E. Frank in Astoria. It's always good to talk to him. E. Frank, how are you? Yes, how are you? I've been trying to contact you uh, on the uh, fifth quarter show that you had since game one of the, that the Jets had. In, or the whole wow. I, I tried that to is... get through. I couldn't do it. And, man, you know, yeah. i got to tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm glad because the season went uh, in favor of uh, – uh, of Robert Sala, and, uh, you know, I, I feel bad for Zach Wilson, but, you know, this is a big stretch, and I finally want to finish this chapter with Zach Wilson and say, 
I wish him good luck if he goes to the Arizona Cardinals or wherever he goes now. Thank God Almighty that he doesn't have to be working for um, uh, Woody uh, Johnson ever. E. Frank getting a little religious on this Saturday morning. There you go. Well, I got to say, you know, uh, as far as Pete Alonzo goes, you know, uh, you know, he's been there a while. Uh, he's been uh, a very uh, instrumental part of the Mets. But you were saying something about Jordan Montgomery just being uh, the middleman to help out the Texas Rangers. Why would the Mets want to? Uh, you know, the uh, contract and, and hire uh, Jordan Montgomery. Let me tell you something about Jordan Montgomery. The guy, you know, pers- I know him personally. Really? Uh, I met him one day at the, at, at the stadium. Uh, he actually has a very strong fastball. He, he tested me. My wrist almost broke from a 98-mile uh, fastball. How did, well, he, how did you meet Jordan Montgomery at the stadium? You know, this was back in 216, uh, you know, he, I just there was an outing going on, and I just because um, his uh, cousin Kimberly Montgomery is a registered nurse at St. Barnabas Hospital, is a personal friend of mine. Really? Says, uh, look, yeah. Says, uh, come over to Yankee Stadium. Uh, Jordan wants to speak to you a little bit. He wants to see if you're still interested in uh, playing some sort of, uh, uh, you know, uh, interleague uh, softball uh, again, and he wants to test your wrist again and see. If you really? Can see, Efra, I am, so wait a second. You mean to tell me that Jordan Montgomery, who, by the way, in 2016 hadn't even made his major league debut yet, as he's trying to make it as a big leaguer, number one on his priority list was, you know what, E. Frank, who works with my cousin at St. Barnabas, I got to see if E. Frank is up to playing a little interleague softball. That's what was on the agenda that day, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's just that I know his cousin personally. And wow. So he always invites me to speak to him. And when I see his yellow beard and everything, he says, hey, Frank, how you doing? And I says, I'm fine, but please, you know, you're a big Major League Baseball player. Try to, you know, tone it down whenever you speak to me. Oh, you know what, E. Frank, I'd love to hear more about this story, and I thank you for the phone call, but we got to get to Grasa, us here. That, I'll tell you, that was something. How about that Jordan Montgomery? You know? Hey, Harv, do me a favor. I know we're busy and we only have an hour left on the show. We got Grasas coming up. But can you go back and comb through the archives on the worldwide Internet? When the Rangers won the World Series in October and Jordan Montgomery, I'm sure, did a bunch of champagne-soaked interviews and whatnot, did he give a shout-out to E. Frank in any way? Can we find out? Like, in what, you know, he's like, I'm just so glad and I couldn't have done it without my buddy E. Frank. All those interleague softball games we played back before I became a big leaguer. I'll look, check the, that? I'll look through the transcripts. You've only got an hour. I'm sure there'll be something here. Maybe not. All right, let me, let, let me know if you find something. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.